Welcome back to Atypical, an offbeat take on news in the addiction recovery field. I'm co-host Mary Crocker-Cook from the San Jose City College Alcohol and Drug Studies Program. And I'm Gary Montreza, co-host, executive director of Pathway Society in San Jose. Our purpose is to both educate and entertain with recent news stories about the addiction field. We've set up our podcast with sections that include drugs, news, an ethics challenge, and prevention. Okay, Mary. So in fact, uh, let's start off with our first section. Why would you use that to get hot? All righty. And uh, today we're going to talk about toad licking. Toad licking. It, it, maybe it sounds like a, <laughs> maybe a movie. I've heard a little sure. bit about this. But Tell first, me. But first, it's a complete surprise. I mean, okay. to our audience, I have not told her what's going to happen right now. So we apologize if it goes awry. Okay. I'd like to do a guided visualization. <laughs> Can we do that? Yeah. Okay. 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 So I imagine you're on a little hike. Okay. And you're in this this little forest, and there's a beautiful little stream, and you hear this little croaking. Okay. I can't make the sound of a toad. That sounds like a cat or something. And so you go, you walk up, and you move the bushes, and there you see this beautiful little toad. So here's your questions. Mm. One, A, do you observe it and let it be? Mm. B, take a selfie with it and send it to all your friends. Well, there's a good one. Or C, you lick it. Obviously, I would lick it. You're going to lick it. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. This article is for Mary and what she should not do. Okay. <laughs> so here's the article, uh, how toad licking gets you high and then kills you. Oh, God. So, yeah, not, not the way we want to go. So as the article starts out, uh, toad licking has long been recognized as a stupid, risky way to get high. Mm-hmm. And um, I would have to agree with that um, because who walks around looking for things to lick? Yeah. Maybe they're, you know, I had thought about this. Why? Yeah. Where did this come from? Uh, well, I asked last time, like, who's the first person that thinks of these things, right? Well, well I think uh, Aboriginal folks probably. Oh, maybe. Yes, people that lived in the Amazon forest. Maybe. So if you come from that part of the world, that probably makes sense that okay. you understand how to properly lick a frog. That's right. But if you're not there, you have no business licking frogs or <laughs> you toads. Need training. Toads. You need training. This training. is highly skilled stuff. You need okay. to know the forest. So the first problem is really um, a couple things. Toads, yes, some will get you high, but not all toads, okay? Okay. It's a special type of toad. Okay. It's called the cane toad. Oh, that's why you need the tra- training. Yeah. You have to know yeah. what kind. You have to know what kind and what okay. they look like. I won't tell you the family, but it's a certain type of, of one that will secrete this stuff that could be ingested or you can, you know, uh, sniff it. Okay. All the, the normal ways normal of ways. It, taking a drug. <laughs> and uh, the idea is to make you hallucinate, of course, as if looking at the news is not a hallucination exactly. enough. Nightmare. So the, the, the stuff in this, this um, the, the, these toads excrete, and this, this is going to be really rugged, mm-hmm. but uh, five methyl oxy okay and and then in dimethyltryptophan okay i can't believe i said that the chemical actually acts on the body as kind of a serotonin serotonin booster so you you would feel better um and your your receptors are just totally in a good way because you're feeling better you know because serotonin as you know makes you feel really good it does and this um this other stuff that i just the second one is gives you this full body rush Okay. And hallucination. So it's like super cool. I could see how That's people are cool. like. That's pretty cool. So it's got me, two different chemicals. Yeah, let me let me go find something that. Yeah, sitting we need in to go on a hike, Gary. And, and there's animals <laughs> pooping in the water, and there's little right. you know, urine everywhere from other animals, and let me lick this thing. Yeah. Let me see how that works. So that's how they, you know, that's okay. one way to get high. Got it. 
But there's a downside, Mary. Oh, what could that be? Aside from that they're found in ponds and stuff and we don't know what's in the ponds. Ooh, you got to be careful on your dosage. Oh. Because frogs don't really, and, and toads, they don't, they're not good pharmacists. Oh, dear. They don't know the dosage you're going to try to lick from them. Right? Okay. So that, that, that this, this is where some problems start coming into, into play. Things such as irregular heartbeats. Um, there is a, a, a drug or a compound that's found in this that helps with modulating your heartbeat. Okay. Your heart rate. Right. And it's actually a legitimate drug. Uh-huh. The problem is... The same amount, almost the same dosage that can make you feel good can also kill you. Oh. Yeah. Oh, dear. So it's a real real bummer. So um, there's not much of a difference between saving your life and taking your life oh, with the God. dose. And therefore, um, the idea of this is it gives you a lot of, you know, adrenaline yeah. rush. Yeah. And your heart starts going really fast. But then something really weird happens. You lose muscular control and... <laughs> And you start to get really relaxed. So as you're dying and your heart's going a million miles an hour, you can't do anything about it. Oh, so, so it's like you're paralyzed. Yeah, it's paralyzed. Oh, so that's nasty. You have to ask yourself, is that hallucination worth the cost? And probably not. Probably not. Well, particularly since last week we talked about, you know, nutmeg so much cheaper. I know. <laughs> Well, that's and you will one. die. Now someone, please, audience, do not put nutmeg on a toad and lick it. Okay, that would be bad. That's not going to happen. Okay. Okay, well, that that's pretty horrific, Gary. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, okay, well, now we do. we're going to start with some good news, all right? Uh, a couple weeks ago, here in California, we had Senate Bill uh, 1228 signed by Governor Brown, which actually uh, prevents treatment facilities that are licensed or certified by the Department of Healthcare Services from making or receiving payments in exchange for patient referrals. So this is the idea of trying to stop the patient brokering you and I talked a little bit about before that's been driving the fraud and abuse. And so um, it... It eliminates kickbacks and unscrupulous financial agreements between treatment providers and referrals. So I'm kind of excited about that. So now we've got some teeth. Florida already had one of these uh, laws. I'm so glad we finally got one. No kidding. Then on Wednesday, um, the president actually finally signed the opioids package that the Senate had passed um, in October 1st in a rare moment of bipartisanship. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Senate overwhelmingly passed a sweeping package of bills trying to address the nation's deadly opioid um, epidemic. Uh, The only dissent was Senator Mike Lee from Utah. So I don't know what's up with that. Can can, can I give a shout out to someone? You sure can. This is the first lady, uh, Melania Trump. I want to give you a shout out for... (laughs) Uh, because this bill may have not been signed. If you've been reading the news, you might have known that President Trump was walking away from signing it, and then he was redirected by his wife to go back and sign the legislation after he spoke before signing it. Oh. So he almost walked out. Well, he forgets to sign sometimes after he talks. He, yeah, he does. That's and, a habit. Yeah. yeah. Good for her. Anyway, so Thanks, go, Melania. We're thank shouting you, Melania. it out. Thank you. Well, it's a package, actually, of 70 Senate bills. It's $8.4 billion and expands and renews programs across multiple agencies. Um, and the idea is to prevent uh, uh, the deadly synthetic drug fentanyl from being shipped through the U.S. Postal Service and uh, allowing more doctors to prescribe uh, drugs like buprenorphine to get people 
off of heroin. Oh, so MAT stuff. So the, MAT stuff. Okay, cool. That's right. Cool. Um, there are some worries, though, Gary. Mm. Uh, the biggest difference between the House and the Senate measures involved an obscure, decades-old rule known as the Institutions for Mental Diseases Exclusion Rule, oh. which actually prohibits federal Medicaid reimbursement for inpatient substance abuse treatment in centers with more than 16 beds, mm -hmm. whose patients are mainly suffering from severe mental illness. So many people with substance use disorders also have a mental illness, and it means they will not be able to get treated for their addiction if they are in a large mental health residential setting. And that is, folks, why we have the 1115 waiver exactly. in Santa Clara County. That is it really... removes the IMD exclusion, this archaic law. Yeah, it, it, uh, it does make some changes to the IMD rule also, including making sure pregnant and postpartum women can continue receiving Medicaid-covered services. Um, like prenatal care, yay, but it doesn't allow Medicaid to pay for addiction treatment in bigger facilities. Uh, it does provide loan repayments to behavioral health providers who are practicing in substance abuse disorder facilities in areas of the country where there's a shortage of mental health uh, professionals. It allows uh, first responders to administer naloxone the antidote to opioid overdose, mm -hmm. and allows the FDA to require drug manufacturers to create blister packs where opioids are administered in a limited three to seven day supply, which kind of goes back to what you talked about last week, yeah. which is, again, we you looked at some pros and cons of that. That three to seven day thing can cause some problems. But anyway, that's that's one of the things this this does allow. So we'll see. If the money trickles into treatment, that's where I'm hoping it's going to go. I'm hoping, what do you think? Well, I'm hoping we can maybe exploit some of the reimbursement for getting staff no. in, in this area here. Wouldn't that be great? You get know. them pay for, get them reimbursed for their education. Yeah, at least that, because just the burden of we all know in this field, you make we make lots of money here. Yeah, we're you know when we're serving the public, that's what we do. <laughs> we're making lots of. Money. I know I'm in it for the money. Yes, yes. <laughs> I see what you drive. You are clearly <laughs> for the money <laughs> to buy a new car, people. <laughs> I'm well, joking. fine. I'm joking. Fine. It's a, it's a real. It's true. It's a fine vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> With its missing parts. It's true. Yeah. So any anything we could do to help folks. Um, Give it some debt yeah. related to their education or subsidize it would okay. be perfect. So let me ask you this. As, yeah. as a large uh, agency, mm. which gives you mammoth amounts of power as a CEO, <laughs> um, are you going to be given um, more information about how to access that money? I, I'm afraid with all things governmental, we're going to have to research this and oh, find out okay. how we can help our staff get okay. this benefit. Okay. So we shall be doing that. Okay. I'm choked up. Oh, I know. It's so touching. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, my money's on you. Okay. He's very good at finding things. Now, I have one more thing. Oh, it's good. a little surprise a oh. <laughs> This is out of New York City. It's called Employees and Execs Are Failing Drug Tests at Shocking Rates. Oh, I love it. Okay. Uh, New York City employers are squarely blaming a raging drug epidemic for much of the trouble they're having filling jobs in one of the tightest labor markets in a generation. More local prospective workers are testing positive for substance abuse, showing up stone for work, according to industry industry analysis. And even as weed is legalized in some places or viewed as more socially acceptable, 
Well, it's not just marijuana's job-impairing side effects that bother these hiring managers. It's the abuse of hard drugs like cocaine and meth that has exploded and further threatens productivity. Many jobs in San Jose City now take 60 days or more to fill. The 2018 report by Quest Diagnostic reveals a 150% increase from 2013 to 2017 of methamphetamine positivity rates for workers tested in the wider New York region which covers New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Uh, the Labor de uh, Department said job openings in August topped a record 7 million nationwide, with the number of openings exceeding job seekers by 902,000, as the national unemployment rate stands at a 49-year low of 3.7%. Analysts believe there's a direct connection between drug-impaired workers and employers' inability to fill open slots. So now it's time to take a fresh look at what's happening in this area of drug testing says Peter C. Earle, economist at the American Institute for Economic Research. Today, some analysts believe as many as 25% or more of applicants for some jobs in New York City are failing drug testing, which is a broader national pattern. So it's a huge issue, says Earl, so, yes. adding the changing attitudes toward marijuana, complicate perspectives on that substance, but abuse of hard drugs, okay, as opposed to pot, yeah. uh, by workers should be a no-no for employers. So these changing patterns and geographical variations may challenge the ability of employers to anticipate the drug of choice for their workforce. So they need to focus their drug prevention efforts in the work environment. My goodness. So what do you think? Well, I just read something recently as well, meaning just before we, we met. Apparently, there's been 99,000 practitioners meaning doctors and nurses that serving Medi Medicare clients that have tested and have drug and alcohol issues and substance use issues. 99,000? 99,000. The two states that have the most practitioners, Texas, California. And California, oh yes. no! And so the, the, the estimates are about 69% of physicians have some something going on. Nine <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm not kidding. Oh my god, Gary, how do they know that? Yeah, it's. I'll, I'll bring. I should have brought. Oh the study my in. god. So it's a bit horrifying. So you're just going in to get a cold, and pretty soon uh. you're walking out with. If you're walking out with a cast on your arm, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you ought to check into your doc. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so. I know. Okay. It, so I think it's, uh, what do you think this is? The stresses of the work? <laughs> well, I think, you know, also, particularly if you're working in a managed care system, you're moving people through yeah. quickly, quickly. I agree. So, so a lot of what Stress. job satisfaction is for people who are in healthcare is usually, you know, working with people. So if I have to sort of treat people, you know, like a some sort of cordwood, mm -hmm. um, yeah. it's not I'm, all of my job satisfaction. Now all I have is paperwork. That's true. And, so, that, and yeah. that is that this is a real thing for us as well. Hey, yes, it is. Um, and yes, we, it is. we struggle with the balance of what we have to do to charge for our clients versus the high touch we want to have and the connections. And let me add one more thing, providing an environment that allows our practitioners to actually feel as if they're being cared for as well. Right. Because their work is hard. Yes, it is hard. Yeah. Writing yeah. so substance abuse treatment and mental health treatment is a labor of love. But it's hard. It is hard. Yeah. And I think there's kind of a weathering effect that occurs too mm -hmm. with folks that, that do this really um, vital work, yet they don't have other things 
that mm -hmm. can help them mm -hmm. process some of this mm -hmm. and work with it. So I know that's a challenge for us and it's something we're committed to. But yep. It's an ongoing balancing act. Yes, it is. Everyone has to make. And this is a societal issue. This is not just, you know, where where I work. No, 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 no. So, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, apparently it's also a big deal in New York City. New so York City. Apparently, uh, yeah, we need to start taking a look at what we're going to do about employee hiring. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. There you go. So I guess it's that time again for <laughs> our favorite section. Oh, yay. Ethics <laughs> Challenge. Ethics Challenge. We need to have bumper music. Oh, I know we do. Challenge. Like a car crash. <laughs> okay. Addiction counselors acting badly as if, well, if you are an addiction counselor, please grab your CCAP ethics code right now and follow along. We'll have a link on our atypical.podbean.com link. Mary, let me read this story for you. Um, we actually changed the story. Okay. But before we start, again, I have another surprise. Not a not a guided visual. Okay, no guided visualization. No, no, no. Okay. Go ahead. We want to give a shout out right now <laughs> to Jimmy R. <laughs> Jimmy R, are you out there, man? <laughs> this is from the Kentucky Board of Alcohol and Drug Counselors. Okay. So see if you can tell me what happened with Jimmy. Oh, do tell. All right, Jimmy. <laughs> This is this is in a letter, uh, September 26th, 2018. This just happened. Okay. So, Jimmy, you had a credential to practice as a board with the board, mm -hmm. alcohol, drug counselor. Is that correct? Yes, I did. Okay. okay. And did you know that you were also employed by someone called NKY in Covington? Yes, yes, sir. And did you know at this time that you were engaged in a dual relationship with a client that was sexual in nature? Well, she consented. <laughs> she consented. <laughs> well, we still think it's a dual relationship. We're going to have to take away your oh. credential. For two years, you cannot practice as a drug and alcohol counselor okay. in Kentucky. Do I have to give up the girl? You can, I don't know if you have to give the girl or not. <laughs> and I don't know if you've been licking toes or not either, but we know this. You're not going to be a drug and alcohol oh. counselor for a, lot, for a long time. All oh. right. So... That's the first one. Okay. What do you think? Well, I, I think that poor Jimmy R has some of the same problems that many, many of our counselors have expressed, <laughs> like our tragic story of the nurse last week. The tragic story of the nurse. You know, uh, the reality is that, you know, you meet all kinds of people in treatment, some of whom you really do like, you know, mm -hmm. and if you meet them in other circumstances, they might be available for some kind of relationship. But, you know, we have some pretty... Clear boundaries around our Which kinds one? of relationships we can have. What type of relationship was that? I mean, well, that was pretty much. A, I mean, on the code, you know. I think if we take a look at the code here, uh, Gary, let me find it. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the dual relationship one. The where is it? Okay, here it is. It is the engaging in inappropriate social relationships, <laughs> yeah. sexual relations, or soliciting sexual relationships with a client. You know, unless they've been out of treatment for two years. Yeah. Yeah, and you know why we don't do that, though? The thing is, I always tell my students, once a client, always a client, because this particular disease is a relapsing disorder. It is. And um, and it is easier to get a new date than it is to find a good counselor. So, yeah. yeah. Someone, when I worked in my first like corporate environment, said to me, no fishing from the corporate <laughs> pier, son. <laughs> I mean, keep, Stay out of that keep pond. Keep your, your work separate. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Um, so maybe I'll give you one more example from a rather lengthy article. Okay. 
called The Quest for Sobriety Often Ends in Sexual Assault at Some Rehabs in Southern California. Yes, our Southern California brethren are back oh, in the news. Okay. Um, which is fine. This is a very lengthy article. Okay. It does talk about, oh, issues such as mm, having not only dual relationship, but sexual relationships with folks that have suffered innumerable traumas. Oh, God. And what it points out very clearly is, look, there's a, a definite power imbalance here. Yeah, absolutely. And also there's something that I think we all know we need to point out that people uh, who are struggling with addiction, of course, are at a very high risk for sexual assault. Yes, they are. Uh, and people that have uh, suffered a lot of trauma in their lives. In fact, that's principle two, B, yeah. yes. committing an act of sexual abuse or misconduct, sexually related client, uh, crime with clients. Yeah. No, no question. So, the, you know, when, when someone has, as the article points out, suffered um, severe emotional distress, physical injury and permanent mental injury in other parts of their life, to be exploited by someone in a in a facility is 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 not uh, actually in California. It is also a crime. So you can do. It's not just a civil issue. Mm -hmm. It actually results in jail time. Indeed, as it should. That was passed in 1991. Indeed. Yeah. And I would maybe I should point out too that we're talking about the really extreme examples. Mm -hmm. There's you know sexual relations with mm -hmm. clients, but there's also this other stuff that goes on that maybe we need to point out with some practitioners, not ours, but where they, they kind of start creeping on those boundaries a little bit mm. and they start having affinity for people oh. and clients where they may not, they probably should not have affinity. So kind of, you're thinking almost like yeah. over-associating. Yeah. So maybe even the counselor sharing too much of their own personal story. Yeah. Um, so the, the relationship becomes more diluted, more like friendship or. Yeah, there's, I mean, you're, you're the, yeah. the expert. There's a term for that. I don't know what it's called, but. Well, we call it over-associating. Yeah, or is there counter... Count, oh, counter-transfer. Yeah. So that's what you're trying to find. Yeah, that's what Okay. Trying, yeah. yeah, well, counter-transference is where the, the counselor has their own personal issues that they mm -hmm. haven't taken care of, mm -hmm. and they get triggered by the client. Right. And then they start projecting those things onto the client. And maybe maybe some of those yeah. issues were related around boundaries. Oh, absolutely. And, such, and so that gets played out. Yes, it does. And you're then right. they start saying, well, no, this person really liked me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but... Yeah. You're not out in the wild. You're out in a contained <laughs> environment here. So just by nature, kind of a, a, a really dicey environment yeah. to do that. Again, you know, fishing from the corporate pier. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. That was a sound advice, my friend. Sound Avoid advice. that. Avoid okay. That. So, yeah, pretty much we've hit all of them. <laughs> that I think one we did. So. One, two, and three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I hate, this article probably hits more of them. Yeah. I, What's I, it called? What's the name of the article? This quest for sobriety often ends in sexual assault at some rehabs okay. in Southern California. All right. It was updated for June 2018. It's, it's okay. pretty pretty good. Uh, okay, I'll have that link on we'll uh, on our video that accompanies our release. Indeed. Uh, okay, well, that's pretty awful, but let's take a look now at uh, relapse prevention. And I want to I, I want to talk today about um, an interesting thing that keeps coming up, which is the idea of um, uh, Special K used to uh, basically it's a animal tranquilizer ketamine. <laughs> um, and what's interesting yeah, yeah. about ketamine is it is increasingly being used for depression. 
Um, they're using, they're really testing for that. Tiffany McCombie, a 40 year old mother of one, knows what depression feels like in the starkest moments. She says she's lived with depression and bipolar disorder for 30 years, tried dozens of medications and supplements to combat it, but nothing has worked as well as the ketamine infusion she gets at the Rise Wellness Center. She's had six of them in 10 months. Um, it's, uh, she's been able to cut down her mood stabilizers or antidepressants. Some of them she doesn't have to take at all. Um, so studies like this one are finding that sub-anesthetic doses of ketamine may be more effective and work faster than traditional antidepressants. Um, ketamine may decrease the ability to self-monitor, um, increase emotional blunting, and may increase activity in reward processing. Now, the thing about ketamine, kind of like our toad licking, which yeah. is it really does have to do with dosage. All right, so you have to be careful. It's not FDA uh, approved, um, but in small doses, uh, Dr. Rodriguez says 90% of his patients with severe depression have reported long-term benefits. Um, and in fact, um, researchers at the University of Illinois have published a study about how ketamine may trigger depression-fighting protein in the brain, which they claim is a real game changer because um, it stays in the central nervous system and lasts longer than traditional drugs. Um, uh, Tiffany says, this alleviated my hopelessness, and that's why I want to tell people, because there really are options out there. So there's not a lot of data on the long-term effects of this therapy, and so they recommend it be used with medication and psychiatry. Each infusion costs about $450. Um, most patients receive four treatments in six weeks. Um, so... That, that's a, a something new that's come out. However, I had just gotten through reading that when another article came out saying, is the ketamine boom getting out of hand? So yeah. apparently now there are dozens of freestanding clinics opening up in recent years to give this ketamine to patients who are hoping that they can help their depression. And there's a lot of inconsistency, everything from the screening to the dose to the frequency. Um, even um, some people are not even diagnosed correctly. Some clinics don't thoroughly screen patients and they're offering ketamine uh, to anybody who can afford it. Charging from 350 to close to $1,000 per infusion. And usually patients get at least six rounds whether they need it or not. Many of these clinics don't have a psychiatrist or other mental health professional um, on staff, even though they're looking at people who are chronically suicidal. In, in this country? This is yeah, 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 yeah. How's yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a prescription of this this chemical. Well, um, okay. these clinics are overhyping the uh, efficacy of ketamine and and saying it. They they even say that they're creating these special blends. Is this a horse? Yeah. You said this is a horse tranquilizer. Yeah. So do they have a vet? Do they have at least a vet? <laughs> and, <laughs> One would think. <laughs> I would think so. Oh, no. That's so it's like a horse. Well, it's, well, here's the problem. A horse laugh. Ketamine causes dissociative effects like hallucinations. So it's, you know, if you don't have um, proper oversight, My gosh. you know, you can wind up having suicidal thoughts and behavior problems. And, and, and some people are using it only as, as their only mental health care oh, uh, approach. So geez. anyway, drug companies are racing to create a rapid acting antidepressant that can produce effects similar to ketamine. In fact, Johnson, um, um, Janssen, which is a division of Johnson & Johnson, is testing a nasal spray of S-ketamine, a ketamine-derived drug, combined with an oral antidepressant trying to curve the risk of suicide in patients. So 
So anyway, they're going to keep working on it. Um, but it's horrifying. Yeah, it's like you know we yeah you start a test to see if something could be helpful, yeah, and then we, somebody starts trying to make money and. Well, sure, yeah. but we have we have something called the FDA, and they're supposed to yeah, do all these exactly. tests. We don't do live human studies. Exactly. And it's what these sounds like these That's practitioners what doing. are doing. Yeah. You know, well, while horrible. charging you know a thousand dollars. Yeah. A shot. And there's no ramifications for them. They'll just move on to the next right next person. Right. If they happen to. Ugh. Yeah. So anyway, I'm depressed now. But then so, it, you know, on the one hand, again, I mean, I, I like I said, I started out reading about this, you know, potential, you know, use of this, which I thought was kind of kind of interesting. And then I read the second article yeah. where people are now running amok. So but, but isn't I don't it true? Know. I mean, in listening to you discuss this, isn't it true, though, that everything in life has a proper dose? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> That's probably true. There has to be a proper dose for everything. That's so true. Okay, but you're talking about moderation, something I've heard about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've read about I it. I've read about moderation. <laughs> I've witnessed it, but I didn't understand it. What is this word you're saying? <laughs> is, I don't get what. What are you doing again? Yeah. Well, I'm just yes, you're right, it. Gary. There's, Most things just, do require a little bit. There's all a dosage for everything. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, there you go. Caffeine. Everything something. from ketamine to toad licking. It's toad all licking. in the dosage, man. Yeah, it all, all is. the dosage. That's where the happiness lies. Okay. Well, so we're on to the next and last section. Um, well, humility check moment. Oh, here we this go. Week. I love this part. This okay. section reminds us not to take ourselves too seriously. A key to burnout prevention and humility. So. I don't know. You have anything this uh, Okay. Week? Well, you know, honey, I, I've always got something stupid happening. I brought okay. my binder in. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have an endless supply of stupidity. Okay. But anyway, here's the I'm one I brought. For it. Here's the one I brought for good today. Good. So the other day I was running errands and I was a bit distracted, as I often am, and I became increasingly aggravated because I could not find my sunglasses. And I need the old lady kind that fits over my prescription glasses because oh. I'm too cheap to get sunglasses. So anyway. Wait, wait, can I ask? Are those those little flimsy plastic ones you put no, around? No, no, okay. no, no. They're, they're, oh, I don't have them with me, but no, they're much more stylish. I was a little afraid <laughs> at that point. Okay, so I was feeling kind of grumpy about this, and so I stopped into the Rite Aid, get more, and I bought them, and I had the guy take the tag off because I want to put them right on. Come on. And then I got in the car, and I looked in my rear view mirror to back up, and what did I see, Gary? <laughs> I saw my original sunglasses on my head. That's right. Because, <laughs> Gary, that is how I roll. That's how you roll. Yeah, yeah. There they were, Gary. So yeah. now I have an extra pair in my, in my glove Just in compartment. Case. <laughs> Just in case. I do have, I guess I do have two. <laughs> I guess I have two stories then on that. Okay. Cool. So I have one that's for this week, and then I have one that's very similar to that, where my electric shaver, uh-huh. it just wouldn't charge anymore, you know? Oh, no. Yeah. So it was not, not that old. I thought, well, I better buy a new one just if I'm going to keep a little stubble, you know? You got all these groups. You got a look you need to, to keep. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, it has to be this rugged thing, right? So I better go and get another <laughs> shaver. Okay. So I go and get another shaver. I'm kind of upset that I'm like, you know, why do I have to buy another one? This thing didn't last very long. So I go back home and uh, plug it in. Did you know that one didn't work either? Oh, Gary. You know why? Okay. You know that little ground and fault thing on the yeah. button? Yeah. It had somehow popped out. Oh, Don't no. ask me how. So now I have two razors <laughs> <laughs> that work really well. That is so something I would this do. Is, there you go. That's how I would collect a hair That's dryer. That's my extra, extra glasses. <laughs> so now I have two shaving, you know, um, 
thing. Okay, and, so you can keep your look. Yeah, it's, it's horrifying. Yeah, you know? yeah. So how I could, funny. I could have one wherever I want. I could have one at work. You could. Home and keep one in the car. You could. If, if it goes off again, I might have three. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Note to self. Yeah. So check the thingy. Check, okay. check. That, so that... Okay. Is there two? You told me there's two. Well, that one's a good one. Yeah, give me another one. Okay. This I love is, stupidity. Well, I don't know if it's stupidity okay. or just... Silliness. Yeah, just my own... Anyway, one of our staff came to the administration office this week and brought their child. And uh, I said... And, and this kid was adorable. Uh-huh. I mean, just totally flat out adorable. And I said, you know, your daughter or son, I, I don't know what I said at this uh-huh. point. Um, I think your daughter is just adorable. Uh-huh. She's really cute. I said that, you know, uh, at a subsequent meeting. And the staff person looked at me and said, well, that's my son. Uh, and, oh, whoops. And yeah. And I said, oh, my gosh. And I thought, yeah, you know, all little kids are just kind of cute and beautiful to they me. Are. They and, are. and, you know, I can't always... Tell Get anything, tell. but what yeah. it really told me about myself is that we all come with some kind of a, a uh, mindset or an architecture to our brain and our experiences uh-huh. and the proper responses. Yeah, that's a cute kid. Doesn't matter, go. boy, girl, the gender. Huh? Yeah, it doesn't matter. So anyway, that's that's my other humility. You well, that, that's a good one. And it was not as painful as spending money for something you don't need. Yeah. <laughs> No. no, but it was a really good reminder yeah, that we absolutely reminder. have our gender kind of biases. We all have our things. You're right. You're right. In, in reflecting and go, yeah, the best way is, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a cute can. kid, regardless. Exactly. My niece and nephew, they, I couldn't tell anything like that when they're, they're twins, they're kids. They, oh, my goodness. Yeah, they, who knew? Well, now they're 18, 9. Yeah, now we kind of know now. Yeah. Nine, 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 nine. <laughs> when they're just little kids, it's just cute. That's all. So that's that's it. Well, thank you for sharing thank that. Thank you. All right. So this looks like this concludes our episode of Atypical. Um, do check out the the links. I'll put up the video. And uh, we will look forward to seeing you in the future with more information and ridiculousness to come. Indeed. Okay. Take care. Take care.